Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. I'm Gabriella Bach, Rethink Retail Managing Editor and Studio Producer and your host for the week. It might be Monday for you, dear listeners, but it's Friday for me and I can't think of a better way to kick off the weekend than by catching up with the queen of luxury herself, Marie Driscoll. And if you don't know Marie yet, she is the Managing Director of Luxury and Retail at Coresight Research. She's also a Rethink Retail top retail influencer and an in-demand speaker who's moderated panel discussions for leading retail events like the NRF's Big Show, Shop Talk, and the World Retail Congress, and those are just the events from this year. As always, thank you so much for joining the show today, Marie. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's great to have you here. And I know that you are back in the States after attending uh, several retail conferences over the last month. Most recently, that was the World Retail Congress event in Rome, which I guess quickly for people who haven't heard of the World Retail Congress and what they do, could you kind of give us a, a little bit of background on that event? World Retail Congress has been around for about 15 years. It's an annual meeting, though, of course, during COVID, they were postponed. Um, Of course, I was scheduled to speak in 2020 in April at Rome, and it took us two years to get there, and we did. (laughs) Um, It's a group of senior executives worldwide that are in retail and retailers and some brands, and subject matter experts, consultancies, analysts, um, the media. It's not um, a super large event. Over the course of three days, there probably were around a thousand people. Um, So it's a great time to get insights and great conversations with retailers um, and brands of all sorts from all around the world. Yeah, that sounds like a great event. It sounds like, you know, there's definitely a lot of opportunity, as you said, to connect more one-on-one and, you know, going to those more big events like the NRF big show event. They're always so busy and so crowded and sometimes can get lost and miss out on some of those more intimate conversations. I was there in Amsterdam in 2019. And during both events, they provide... They provided um, store tours, which this year it was in Rome, and it was an incredible opportunity to go through many stores in Rome and prior in stores in Amsterdam. I'm familiar with Rome. I've gone back and forth to Rome probably 10 times in the last 20 years, not so much with Amsterdam. So the channel check there was very interesting, but the channel check in Rome, phenomenal. And, you know, we had a, a store a store tour of Bulgari, of uh, Rinocente, and Fendi, as well as many other stores, um, we, Ikea. It was amazing. And I have to say, Rome was busier than New York City. Rome amazing. was really busy. So people were back out. In the stores, you had to wear uh, a mask, but mm-hmm. you did see that Europe was traveling again. There were people, there were there were lots of tourists and people out and about. That's that's great. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I was going to ask because I know the Italian government had just kind of started easing those remaining COVID restrictions. That's great to hear that people were back in stores and shopping in brick and mortar once again. Every time I see you, you're always wearing the best outfits. So uh. <laughs> did you get to do any shopping while you were in Italy? Oh, naturally. And it, Italy um, is such a great place to for fashion. Unfortunately, I lost my credit card, so oh, no. that was a good thing. Um, <laughs> I lost it buying a coat in Rinocente, and that was fine. So I, you know, I got one or two takeaways, and then I just was on uh, a shopping diet. But I did have, <laughs> but it, it was an amazing trip. It was amazing to hear all the speakers. Deborah Weinswig, our CEO and founder, gave a presentation on the metaverse. I moderated a panel on luxury so we were very involved and had a and then we attended lots of panels and we we had the opportunity to meet new clients and to and, and to see old friends and it was it really was a great retail event and there was a a contest among students and the students that won the contest um it was based on their way of taking a fast fashion brand and being more sustainable. And they had a great solution. At CoreSite, we wrote up the event in over the three days. Um, and so please, I, I urge everyone here who's listening to reach out, you know, check out our website, get the research, because we have detailed descriptions of the winners and, and the events, the days, the day events. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I, I would love to hear more about, you know, the contest and maybe some of those sustainable solutions that were presented you yeah, know, for so, fast fashion. Yeah, so the, it really was around rental um, and recycling. And, and ultimately, they brought in a live streaming component. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and very that cool. was the winner. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, amazing. And very, you know, very creative, young, you know, 20 year olds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I am like more and more impressed with with Gen Z every day with, you know, how much importance they are placing on sustainability and ethics and transparency and really kind of being the generation that's pushing the needle forward in making the world just a, a better and, and more equitable place. So hats off to Gen Z. And, you know, at the event, I, I know you, you did moderate a panel on um, seizing opportunities within new markets and channels. So I, I would love to hear some of your, your big takeaways from that session. Yeah. So it was a, a wonderful session. We had Alibaba represented, Luxury at Alibaba, a new company, and I believe it's the first company that it's a luxury NFT metaverse company. Um, Cult and Rain, the CEO and founder George Yang was there, and then we had Jasmina from Shaloub Group. Shaloub Group is from the the UAE, and she spoke about the luxury market there, um, which is really growing. And Christina Fontana, a longtime colleague associate at Alibaba, was on the panel as well. You know, so we had these three different points of view. I mean, during COVID, luxury took on an entirely new complexion, didn't it? 
because mm -hmm. um, people were at home more, people certainly weren't traveling internationally. And before COVID, a lot of luxury purchases were purchased on holiday, on trips, mm -hmm. when people went to international destinations where, you know, there, there's, when people travel, they're kind of in La La Land and they bring home um, souvenirs and adults bring home luxury purchases that they might not make in their own backyard. But when all of a sudden for two years, you weren't traveling internationally, consumers opted to buy luxury in their own, you know, in their own national market. We saw that in America, you saw that in China, and you saw that in the UAE. And the markets that were really hurt, the where so much of luxury had been bought. I mean, the United States uh, has a lot of luxury shoppers uh, um, or a lot of luxury transactions because people come to America and they buy luxury products because we have, you know, it's easy to shop here. We have great inventory terms. We have great assortments from all over the world, but people also go to London. They go to flagship cities around the world to buy luxury. Um, and so with international travel, you know, really curtailed international cities really um, were penalized in terms of their luxury spend. Mm -hmm. And are we seeing um, that picking back up with the travel retail industry? Well, so travel retail is picking up, right? And travel retail is its own channel. It occurs really, um, you know, in the airport, but also um, flagship destinations like New York and Rome are seeing pick up in luxury as people travel there. You know, what, what happened domestically here during COVID is, you know, once people came out of, you know, the, uh, the initial dealings of COVID the first three or four months, they started shopping locally. And, you know, many of the luxury brands, which are European based, were having trouble keeping up with local demand here in the United States. Like you would mm -hmm. go into an Hermes and, and you couldn't get a scarf or a bracelet. You couldn't even get a bag. And, and you, the bags are always hard to get. Sure. And I know like over COVID, we saw, you know, greater adoption of digital, mm -hmm. you know, luxury was notoriously slow to adopt e-commerce and, right. and digital sales. So I am curious, you know, with that, like, and especially, you know, we're hearing about luxury and fashion brands incorporating more digital strategies mm -hmm. into their marketing and engagement efforts, and then having to sell online, but then there being, you know, more shoppers locally, it, it's all a, a pretty quick shift, right? It has been really, um, there, there's, it's almost, it feels like it's an about face, right? Because really when COVID happened, it was like the lights were turned off in the stores um, mid-March, 2020. The lights were just turned off. And for the first few months, people didn't think about anything, but is my family safe? What's happening um, with my job? How is my health? Yeah. But once we came, you know, once we hit June, July, and we started to live with what we were living with, live with a pandemic, um, 
people said, all right, it's time to buy something. I haven't bought anything in a while. Plus, my money is accruing. I'm not spending money to, uh, to get to work. I'm not spending money on entertainment. I'm not spending money. People found that you know their savings were increasing. And every now and then, they splurged on a handbag. Mm-hmm. Luxury, you know, the, one of the things about luxury is a lot of it is clienteling. So they're a natural for doing um, one-to-one selling digitally. So as the whole world, as you and I went to Zooming to maintain our business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a luxury brand could go to Zooming one-on-one with the sales associate and with the client um, and maintain that relation show new product, um, order things together. And that in fact was happening. And some, you know, I know of case, this is anecdotal, but where women would drive, you know, they'd call up, I want, you know, I want an incredibly, an incredible piece of fine jewelry. And, you know, someone would go and pick it up. The store was really closed, but it was there to be sold from, right? Kind of like curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like luxury was able to pivot that way. And for, for, for a number of years, luxury was, was coming around to digital. It's Mm -hmm. not all on board because, you know, you've got to balance a sense of exclusivity and limited um, supply with being online and be an access and inclusivity. And one of the ways the luxury industry has gotten around this, similar to what Nike is so famous for, is by collaborations and drops, right? Sure. So you can be available to everybody, but there's just a limited amount. And that keeps your that keeps and builds brand heat. And so that's that's what luxury brands have been doing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about 2022 is that we are finally getting back to live person events. And one event Rethinker Retail is especially looking forward to this year is Shop Talk Europe. Taking place June 6th through 8th at Excel London, Shop Talk Europe is the new home for Europe's retail and grocery changemakers. The event is expected to see over 2,500 decision makers from leading retailers and brands. You'll also see startups, tech firms, investors, media like Rethink Retail, and analysts from around the world. Yes, we are all coming together to learn, network, collaborate, and evolve. The event will host more than 200 industry speakers. And if that wasn't enough to keep you busy... More than 250 companies will be showcasing the latest trends and innovations that are transforming the global retail sector. Qualifying retailers and brands can attend Shop Talk Europe for free and receive up to a £500 travel reimbursement through Shop Talk's world-renowned hosted meeting program. For more information to see the lineup, or to register your company, shoptalkeurope.com is the place to visit. Again, that is shoptalkeurope.com. Yeah, and I wanted to ask because, you know, I've, I'm seeing luxury all over TikTok when we're, when we're talking about exclusivity. And I, I just want to know, is this reflective of reality? Are, are Gen Zers, are, are they 
after luxury and, and high fashion and making these purchases as, as much as the uh, TikTok influencers would have us believe. So they're the next generation. And so luxury brands are seeding, um, seeding demand at this point that will um, be fruitful, that will bear fruit over the next three, five, 10, 15 years, right? If you can, like these young consumers are on TikTok, they're in the metaverse, and this is where brands need to go to get discovered. Where does a brand get discovered? And, you know, brands align themselves with celebrities, with influencers, with sports figures, and where they are is where they're discovered. So, you know, for, for the last two years, as a culture worldwide, we've spent more, more time online. So we're discovering more things online and we're actually on some level living more online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, I mean, we, we touched upon the metaverse a bit and I wanted to know, cause we're hearing about, you know, the NFT drops and, you know, these very like limited experiences. And I wanted to know in your thoughts, do you think there are you know, real transactional opportunities or are we kind of right now just thinking of the metaverse as more of a marketing channel? Well, we're seeing real transactions occur. There's stats that show like at least, you know, a billion and a half dollars worth of transactions mm-hmm. last year. Um, but it is a marketing vehicle. It's very much in the early stages, but as you like the media industry is really in a state of rapid evolution mm-hmm. you see what's happening with tiktok right there are people where are people discovering things the metaverse will be a place for discovery so it will be a place for advertising you know giorgio armani put his clothes on actors and actresses in in movies and at the at the um, at the academy awards because that's where people discovered a brand that wasn't yet known. And so what brands are doing is just being where the next generation of shoppers are. Mm. Yeah, I love that analogy. I did want to know, so we're talking about discovery and what, what kind of transact, are we talking about, you know, purchasing, you know, digital digital products? Right. Digital um, assets. Okay. Right. Do yeah. you think, do you think, you know, in the future, do you envision someone walking into a virtual store and being able to go in and, you know, look at a, a blazer, for example, that they like, and, you know, try it on virtually and, and actually be able to purchase that jacket and have the real physical item ship to their home. Do you think that's something we'll see? Yes, I I really I think the some of the obstacles right now are just the headsets that you have to wear to sure. walk to a place and th- that's an obstacle that technology will address over time. Like already you can get a 3D visualization of what things look like on you. And Every day, um, the technology improves so that you can get a better sense as to like how a product flows and shimmers. There's a lot of work to be done in that regard, but yeah, I can envision that. Amazing. It would be so cool. I know Gucci, they're doing the, their new Tokyo World 
I just think it'd be so amazing to be able to, you know, zap into the metaverse and, you know, go on a, a shopping excursion in, in Rome and then hop on over right. to Tokyo and have these very like branded immersive shopping experiences without having to leave your home. And um, kind of feel like you're wearing the clothes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right? It's like, that's, it's one thing to kind of see an image of you, but to feel like it's on you, totally different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so I know you also attended Shop Talk US just, I think, what, what, what was it? I saw you a week prior to the World Retail Congress. Yeah, um, yeah. Shop Talk was, wasn't that um, March 27th to March 30th? Yes. That, that was like, so we were as, and you were at NRF. And that's where, you know, there were 10,000 people there or more. Mm-hmm. Like, I think maybe there were 15 or 16,000 people there. But the original expectation was 40,000. And there were, while the sessions, most of the sessions occurred, there were some sessions that were canceled for mm-hmm. the NRF. But, um, you know, you missed a lot of the vendors on the big floor. Um, whereas at, by Shop Talk, and of course, that was because of Omicron. But by Shop Talk, um, we were over Omicron, and it really was we're back to like some degree of normalcy. Mm-hmm. At Shop Talk, we had to wear masks. Did we remind me? Were we wearing masks in the um, in the event at Shop Talk? No, and it was so strange. <laughs> Right, right. Because we wore it to the plane, right? We mm-hmm. wore it. We, you may have had to wear it. In the, I, I know you, I had to wear it in the cab to the plane. Mm-hmm. But once we were there, right, that was the, and so, and it was amazing to see, and it was incredibly crowded, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was packed to the brim. <laughs> right. And, and after, like, after it's like, it feels like years of being six feet apart, it was, it was, it felt really packed. I think that um, in if we hadn't had COVID, it might not have felt quite as packed, but they had an incredible turnout and there was lots to discuss there. And I think, you know, one of the key takeaways there was physical retail is important. Mm-hmm. Physical retail is physical retail didn't go away. It is really important. It's part of a whole it's part of the way the consumer shops. It's just one facet. And Physical retail can be the discovery phase, or it can be the transaction phase, or it can be the return phase. Um, it could be the you know pick up at curbside phase. But physical retail counts, and you really only had to see that by going through COVID. And once we got halfway through it, seeing how people returned to the stores, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know there were so many people say even before COVID, you know, physical retail's dead, like the store's dead, which is it it's to- total BS, but, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I would even say with, with just an observation of how every, we, many of us were forced to shop online, uh, mm-hmm. you know, during the pandemic. And what I'm seeing is that people are even more enthusiastic about shopping in retail spaces now. Like we're not all converted to being, you know, solely e-commerce. I'm seeing people, even at my local mall here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, like uh-huh. the mall is 
packed on the weekend, absolutely packed. There are people everywhere. So, you know, people are still going out. They still want to experience, you know, physical, tangible shopping and make an event out of it. And I, you know, I definitely haven't seen that change. And even with, um, you know, virtual events, you know, people are happy to go to events now. They were saying, you know, it's the death of the event. Everything will be virtual. No, we want to go to the conferences. We don't want to do virtual conferences. We want to see each other and connect. And, um, you know, that definitely hasn't gone away. But no, people are social. People, not everybody. There's some people that really um, are happy on their own. And for them, buy online, pick up um, at a locker is fine. But, mm. and, and this is where physical retail um, really has a lot on its plate. Amazon did a great job in anticipating every pain point of digital shopping and made it simple. In the real world, in the physical world, right? Um, the, my reason for shopping or a consumer's reasons for shopping varies. Sometimes it's efficiency, sometimes it's need, sometimes it's social, sometimes it's discovery. And really this is where you need sales associates with emotional intelligence that can respond to um, or read um, a consumer's face and get that this person doesn't, this person is here on a mission mm-hmm. and another person wants to be romanced. <laughs> Tell me the story of the brand. And, and, but, and that's where the physical retail location is like has to do all of these things. And, and that's a lot because you're pivoting from doing one to another with every single consumer that walks in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And- you know, you've even, I've seen some of those, some stores have, you know, the baskets, you know, I, I would like to be helped or I'm, I am just here, you know, on a mission. I just want to shop. So even things that are simple as that can definitely help with that experience. I did want to know, Marie, so kind of between uh, both of the, the events that um, you recently, so the World Retail Congress and, and Shop Talk US, were there any noticeable differences about you know, some of the content and topics that were top of mind, or did it seem kind of uh, aligned across the board? Well, so I, I will, like, at Shop Talk, um, there was talk about authenticity, personalization, like authenticity, being true to what your brand is, what your retail mission is, and communicating that, um, and that authenticity bleeds into you know, social purpose. But we at Shop Talk, it was more about authenticity and recognizing the consumer and what they wanted and authentically and, and having not just talking about sustainability, but really being sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas at World Retail Congress, it was really purpose that companies needed to have a purpose. And if the purpose aligned with, on a social level, a values level with your employees, the culture and consumers, that would make you successful. But, but I th- at World Retail Congress, purpose very much was a big takeaway. 
But then, you know, we had our conversation about luxury. We had a conversation about the metaverse. We had conversations about live streaming and investing, lots of different conversations and, and personalization, but big piece purpose. And at Shop Talk, you know, Shop Talk was so many sessions. I think a big piece was retail is back. Profits are important. That's that's a big takeaway. And, you know, today we're talking on Friday, um, April 29th. Last night, um, Amazon reported earnings, or actually they reported losses. And it's the first loss in seven years. And we're, the stock market is penalizing them. Now, granted, the stock market has been very volatile for the last, you know, the last few months as we look at a different interest rate environment, but profits matter. And it's not like a company has to be profitable today, but, um, you know, at Shop Talk, there's lots of, the, the audience includes lots of venture capital, private equity in terms of the retail ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And the, this investors and investors in stocks as well are saying, we want to see a path to profitability. It matters. Sure. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to keep the lights on. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, great. Well, hey, are you um, attending any more any more events? Can we uh, expect to see you at Shop Talk Europe? So Deborah's, Deborah Weinswig, our CEO, will be at Shop Talk Europe. I'm Excellent. not going to be there. Deborah, um, Deborah has a string of events. Um, she's going to be at Rice probably next week or the week after. Um, so check out our website for events. I am not doing much traveling. I have plans to be at um, the lead in July. Excellent. Well, we will have we'll have to look into that one. You know, otherwise we will hopefully see you uh, hopefully again before NRF. And if not, certainly at NRF next year. And I do appreciate you coming on, taking the time to share some of your observations and experiences from the uh, last couple of events you've attended this year and, and your enthusiasm for uh, physical retail. So I appreciate your time, Marie, and I hope to chat with you again soon. Me too. I, I do too. I really appreciate the opportunity and I love being a part of um, the Rethink Retail Network. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. That's this week's Retail Rundown. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.